Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Through your Christian life, well, through life in general, but we're talking about our Christian life this morning, there are going to be times where you doubt. Uh, and the measure of the doubt depends, you know, it could be possibly you doubt your salvation, possibly you doubt, you're doubting Jesus, God's desire to, to, to be there. We're, sometimes we, things are going on in our life and we say, well, where's God in all this? We, we feel like we're all alone, and so those doubts start to creep in. Now, the one, one person that wants you to doubt is Satan. So any opportunity for doubt, he's going to throw those fiery darts at you. You know, yeah, nobody loves you, God's not there for you, and so on. And, you know, there's, when these opportunities come or when these situations come, we need to be aware of what we need to do. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but have you ever doubted God? And in your mind, I, I think you, you can say, yes, I, there's been a time here or there that I have, have doubted. Not necessarily God, but possibly your situation or whatever. And I think most every child of God goes through that. Uh, usually when I, when I find myself, I'm going to use myself as an example, because this happens to me from time to time. I end up feeling very guilty. I feel less than a Christian because, you know, Jesus died on the cross for me. He died for my sins. I accepted Him as my Savior. He said, he, you know, he says in His Word that nobody will snatch us from His hand, yet I'm doubting. There's doubt there. And so I feel guilty about that sometimes. Maybe I'm not the Christian I need to be. Maybe I'm, there's something left out of my life, that something I should be doing, because certainly God, Jesus, they've done all that, all that they can do. I want you to jot down this important truth if you're writing writing things down. If God is not larger than our doubts, He's not large enough to be our God. God is larger than your doubts. Don't be so hard on yourself. Now, true, we need to get, when we have doubts, we need to get past them. We need to, to, to seek out Jesus, not the instigator of those doubts, which we're, we're totally going to blame Satan because, because he is the author of lies, he's the author of doubt, and so on. Uh, but let's go back in the Bible. Lazarus died. Remember that? Mary and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now this statement reveals uh, both the, uh, a small bit of doubt about Jesus' love and His ability to raise their brother from the dead. Whenever we question Jesus, whenever we question God, God, where are you? There, there's a bit of doubt that goes along with that. We need to be aware of that. Not saying that it's wrong to question God at times. Sometimes we do. Sometimes the emotion overcomes us, the situation overcomes us, and we're, at, we're questioning God. God, where are you in all this? Reveal yourself to me. So, and this, this is where uh, Martha and Mary are here. But, uh, but that, that statement in, in that part of Scripture says Jesus wept. Now we know Lazarus was Jesus' friend, and, and Jesus was weeping over Lazarus dying. 
Uh, but could it be possibly that he was weeping at the fact that Martha and Mary were doubting him as well? I mean, I know that's just kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of John Pratt in there, but is that possible? Uh, surely Scripture does not say that at all. Don't think I'm reading something in there that isn't there, but uh, it, it's a distinct possibility. When Thomas, let's get, go, go beyond... Uh, uh, Lazarus there, when Thomas heard that Jesus had risen from the dead, he said, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, put my finger into those prints and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now Jesus had shown himself to the disciples. Thomas wasn't there for whatever reason. So when Thomas did come back, they said, hey, Thomas, Jesus was here. No way. No way. I'm not going to believe it unless I actually am able to to poke, poke the holes in his hand and put my hand into his side. Later when Jesus appeared before him, the Lord said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Those who believe without seeing are blessed. On another occasion, Jesus said to the father of a demon-possessed child, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. What Jesus was saying, if you can believe, anything is possible. Anything. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. That's Mark 9.23. In our text, an extremely godly man betrays his doubts concerning Jesus. Now when we talk about doubt, we automatically think about doubting Thomas, right? But there, as I've read those, those stories there about Lazarus and, and of course about Thomas and so on. Throughout Scripture, throughout, throughout history, there's been doubt. People have doubted the situations they were in. They have doubted, can God really help me out of this? This isn't on God's side. This is on our side. But this man, this occurrence of doubt, though comes from this unlikely source, being John the Baptist. And look at Jesus' testimony concerning John. If you turn in your Bibles, if you've got your electronic phone, whatever whatever Bible you're using there, Matthew 11, 11. It says, I assure you, among those born of women, no one greater than John the Baptist has appeared, but the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. But John the Baptist is in prison at this time, and he's wondering, Lord, why haven't you delivered me from this prison? You know, sometimes God will not deliver us out of those situations, but he will deliver us through those situations. John was certainly not the, uh, excuse me, the first man to doubt Jesus. And of course, we know he won't be the last. But doubt is to be uncertain or undecided, having a tendency to disbelieve or have a wavering of opinion or a lack of trust. That is doubt. Now, our Christian life is based on faith. We have faith in Christ. We have faith that He died on the cross for our sins. We believe that. We accept Him in, into our heart and we're saved. Doubt involves thoughts or feelings that are contrary to that faith. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, beyond a shadow of a doubt? I believe Christ died on the cross beyond a shadow of a doubt. Okay? Well, if, from that point, if I say that from that point on, I, if there's any doubt, then that makes me a liar, right? And that's what we're going to look at today. What happens when there is a shadow of a doubt. 
Now, there's two groups of people, unbelievers and believers. Unbelievers that experience doubt. They, experience, they, they, they doubt the existence of God. They doubt the divinity of Christ. The idea of an afterlife. The reality of hell. And, of course, many, many other aspects of Christianity, they doubt. Okay? And if you don't believe me, just go try and witness this to an unbeliever and, and uh, they'll, they'll bring up all kinds of different doubts and reasons they don't want to believe and so on. But then on the, the second group of people are believers. And, of course, we as believers can attest to this. We all experience doubt from time to time. Even, even if it's just a minuscule bit of doubt, sometimes there's doubt there. But there's a number of areas in the life in which a Christian may experience doubt. Is the Bible actually 100% accurate? Is Jesus really the only way to heaven? Is there really a place called hell? Do I really possess eternal life? Does God hear me when I pray? That list could go on and on, but I don't have time to list every doubt that we may have. I mean, we can be honest with ourselves. Sometimes God does seem a million miles away. Depending on what trials, what tribulations you may going through in your, be going through in your life. Sometimes we feel like we're all alone. Where is God in all this? But that's when we have to seek out and grab a hold of our faith in Christ and, and, and push through that doubt and believe that Christ is there. God is there. He promises never to leave us nor forsake us. I read a, uh, a poem from... Uh, Norman Shirk, and he's, he's out of the Dallas Seminary. And, and so uh, this poem he wrote kind of hit me. And, and, and uh, I'll just read it. You make your own judgment there. But it says, Let me meet you on the mountain, Lord, just once. You wouldn't have to burn a whole bush, just a few smoking branches, and I would surely be like Moses. Let me meet you in the water, Lord, just once. It wouldn't have to be on White Rock Lake just on a puddle after a Dallas rain, and I would surely be like Peter. Let me meet you on the road, Lord, just once. You wouldn't have to blind me on the North Central Expressway. Just a few bright lights on the way to chapel, and I would surely be like Paul. It says, let me meet you, Lord, just once, anytime, anywhere. Just meeting you in your word is so hard sometimes. <sighs> Must I always be like Thomas? You know, there's times, wow, <laughs> there's times when there's doubt in my life and I do feel like Thomas. Lord, give me a sign. Give me a visible sign, something that I can see with my own eyes, something I touch with my own two hands. There's times when faith can be difficult. And we as Christians, we need something to grab onto. And I made mention when I first started about being gone for two weeks. I tell you, being out of church for two weeks, for me, is difficult. You, you, you find yourself, not, not necessarily lost, but, you know, I draw, I draw strength from you all. I do. And it's important, you know, that you have that anchor. Now, this morning I'm not here to attempt to justify or excuse doubt, because the opposite of doubt is faith. So if we don't have faith, we're doubting. Okay, if we're doubting, our faith is weakened. Our faith is less than it should be. And when your life is filled with doubt, you're less likely to pray. You're less likely to study. You're less likely to, 
to serve the Lord where you need to be serving the Lord. When you get to this point in your Christian life where there's doubt and you're, you're questioning God all the time, it's a very slippery slope. Because at that point, that slippery slope, you start to slide. You've all heard the term backslidden. When we get to that point, when we need to, we need to turn around, we need to seek out Jesus, we need to, to seek that anchor that I was talking about, whether it's the church, your friends in church, the congregation, whatever, the, whatever your anchor is, whatever holds you here, whatever may bring you back here, that's what, that's what you need to uh, seek out. If you're struggling with doubt this morning or any time in your life, there is good news, there is hope, and that hope being Jesus Christ. Now the forerunner of Jesus, the great prophet, John the Baptist faced doubt as well. And our encouragement comes in the fact that John didn't remain in that condition. And you see these that I've mentioned, Martha and Mary and, and uh, uh, Thomas, they didn't remain in their doubt. Yeah, there, there was a bit of doubt, a, a season of doubt, but they got through it. And how they get through it? By focusing on Christ, by turning to Jesus. And that's how we get through it. Now you might be at a point where you've lost all hope. Sometimes we get to that point. But not all hope is gone. Maybe you're so ashamed of your doubt that you refuse to talk to anyone due to embarrassment. And you're carrying a heavy burden as a result of that. You need to get past that. You need to step up. You need to look to Jesus. He's going to guide you. He's going to put you in that right direction. He's going to put people like you sitting sitting out there in the congregation. He's going to put people like that in our way to help bring us back. My goal this morning is to show you that there is hope. There is something beyond those doubts that we might have. Now, I don't want to paint such a, a poor picture and say, oh, we're all sitting here, we're doubting whether Jesus even exists. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying sometimes in our Christian walk, dealing with the things that we have to deal with as adults, as children, sometimes those doubts creep in. And that's all I'm saying. There is, there is a way out of that. Look at verses uh, 2 and 3 in Matthew. Matthew 11, chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. There's a common reality of doubt. Now, in our scripture, it says, When John heard in prison that the Messiah, or excuse me, what the Messiah was doing, he sent a message to his disciples and asked him, excuse me, back up. He sent a message by his disciples and asked him, Are you the one who has come, or should we expect someone else? We read in Matthew 4.12 that John had been cast into prison. And by the time we arrive at uh, Matthew 11, some time has passed and John has some questions and concerns. John's disciples have been going back and forth, reporting to John concerning the events that have taken place concerning Jesus' ministry. Now, of course, it's possible John was expecting to be released from prison at any moment. But let, let's look at John the Baptist for a second. Let's go back. When he's baptizing in the river of Jordan, right? And Jesus walks up. And John says, Behold the, Lamb of, Behold the Lamb of God. John the Baptist recognized Jesus. When he baptized, remember the part, we're going to get to it in just a second here, where 
John says, I need you to baptize me. And, of course, he ends up baptizing Jesus, and the heavens open up, and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove and lit, lit on Christ and, and so on. We know the story. So now we're here. John's in prison, and, and we can see just by what's happening that there's, there's possibly some doubt there. Lord, if, uh, you know, if you're you, why haven't you delivered me out of prison? I'm sure John, like many others, expected Jesus to immediately judge Israel and establish His kingdom on earth. But consider this. John hears the reports of what's happening in Jesus' ministry. He hears of the miracles. He hears of the teachings. And then he hears of the opposition to Jesus. And he hears of the victories and successes that Jesus has had. And while all these things are happening, John's locked up in prison for the cause of Christ. And we can safely assume that all the while, the enemy was whispering deception in John's ear like he does to us. Jesus has forgot about you. He doesn't care about you. He's not. You're in prison. He's doing his thing out there. You're stuck here. Satan just throwing those fiery darts at John. And of course, when we get those little, little embers of a thought in our mind, they grow into raging fires. Just like you're, you know, you're walking past somebody in church and they don't, they don't look your way or shake your hand. And by the time uh, Monday, Tuesday gets here, uh, they're your sworn enemy. <laughs> we, we've all gone through that, okay? We, because Satan throws those darts. If Satan can drive a wedge through us, he will. And so Satan's trying to drive a wedge here through, between John and Jesus. Let's examine a few things about this man who is questioning Jesus. This is John the Baptist. John has been selected before he was born to be the forerunner of Jesus. Remember that? In Luke chapter 1, verse 17. And then he left in his mother's womb when Mary came in while he was in the presence of Jesus in Luke 1, 41. He came preaching repentance of sins and preparing the way. Remember that? And then he published the fact that, that, that the Messiah was coming, Luke 3, 16. And then he vividly proclaimed, as I said before, Behold the Lamb of God in John 1.29. He witnessed the Spirit of God descending from heaven on Jesus, confirming that He was the Messiah in John 1.32. And remember John's reaction when he came uh, to him to be baptized? John forbid him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? You want me to baptize you? See, we need to understand this. If a man who had witnessed all that John had witnessed could have any bit of doubt, don't you think it's possible we could find ourselves in that situation from time to time? <laughs> doubt, isn't, doubt isn't bad. I think doubt from time to time causes us to reevaluate things. But it's when we hold on to that doubt and we keep that doubt and we don't press beyond it and we don't look to the author of our faith that things get out of hand, that they go from a little ember of a doubt to a roaring forest fire. John very might have well been saying, if you are the Christ, why have you not delivered me from this jail yet? And like I said, we've all found ourselves in similar situations. Trouble comes up and we say, well, if God is real, why is this happening to me? If Jesus loves me, why do I feel so alone? What have I done to deserve this? Is this really worth it? Is it even real? 
so, sometimes when new Christians, the people that are, uh, we people that we accept Christ as our Savior, and and, and maybe maybe somebody has told us that man life is going to get better, and we automatically assume it's as soon as we accept Christ as our Savior, but that's you, you, really not the case. Life's going to get better beyond this life. We still have bills to pay. We still have financial problems. We still have other human beings we have to deal with. Life sometimes does not get easier when we accept Christ. Sometimes it gets harder. Jesus says we are going to face persecution. Persecution isn't a, a good thing. okay? Christ said, hey, they hate me. Or, or if, they, if they hate you, if they persecute you, remember, they hated me first. They persecuted me first. The psalmist said in Psalm 10, uh, 10, 1 there, Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide in times of trouble? You guys, we can't fall into that mindset. Jesus isn't hiding from us. There's, I, I've used it before in that old adage of, of the old couple riding down the country road in, their, in, in the old truck, right? You know? And, uh, and the wife says, uh, looks over at the husband, he's driving, and he say, she says, how come we never sit next to each other like when we were younger? You know, when you're, when you're young, you got that bench seat, you slide up next to your honey right there, right? And of course, she's sitting all the way over by the door. He's driving. Well, she's saying, why, why don't we sit next to each other anymore? And he says, honey, I haven't moved. She, she's the one that slid over. And in, in our relationship with Christ, it's not Christ that moves. It's not Christ that hides from us. It's us that scoots away from Christ. It's us that wanders away from Christ. So if you find yourself lonely, if you find yourself away from Christ, it's not because He's hiding or He's, he's not interested in your life. It's because you have moved. You, there's something going on in your life where you're not as close to Christ as you used to be. Because I can say with 100% positive, positive that Christ is there. He's interested in what's going on in your life. He's interested in, in, in being your friend. There are the common doubts and questions about finances, marriage problems, health, job situations. These are all common problems in life. We all face them. If you're not facing them, you will. There's some that might, might doubt their ability to serve the Lord in the capacity in which they are called. I know that, that, that's a big one for me. Dave and I were out, out in the foyer just a second ago before we, we, I got up here talking about, you know, I certainly do not feel worthy enough and doubt my worthiness to be up here preaching God's Word. There's those times... That that happens. There are some who doubt the effectiveness of their prayers. Are my prayers getting answered? Sometimes we get in that mindset. Well, if I pray to God, He's going to answer my prayers. I'm going to get everything I want. And that comes from that crowd, that name and claim it crowd. Sometimes we see on TV. Okay, that is, you know, God's answers are yes sometimes, maybe, and no. Sometimes God does say no. Lord, please, I need this new car. No. Okay? Lord, can I please bless us with this? Please bless us with that. No. Okay? In His time. Exactly. 
We, we want everything now. I, I want it when I want it. But if we're truly going after God and praying according to His will, guess what? It's going to come in His time, not ours. If, if He even allows us to have it. There are many different areas of our lives that will cause us to doubt from time to time. I want to go back to Thomas a little bit. In John chapter 20, verse 25, it says, So the other disciples kept telling him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my fingers into the marks of those nails and put my hand in his side, I will never believe. And the fact is, we're all like Thomas. Like I said before, a lot of times we want to see. We want physical touch. We want to see the... Uh, we want to see and touch what's going on. We, we need some physical proof of, of our faith in Christ. We need some physical proof of, of this life we're leading, this Christian life uh, that we're leading. And I'm telling you, that, that's where that faith comes in. Because a lot of times we're not going to get that physical uh, lightning strike. We're not going to be able to put our fingers in the hole. We're not going to be able to thrust our hand into His side. It's going to take that faith. Yes, Jesus did die for my sins. And we just have to press on. We have to believe and press on through those doubts because we're not going to get that physical proof that Thomas required. We may, might not be able to stop it, but we can learn how to properly react when doubt creeps up in our minds. And that's an, this is the important part. This is the meat. The correct... Man, I'm stumbling over my words this morning. The correct reaction to doubt. Because there is an, an incorrect reaction to doubt. And that's to grab a hold of that doubt and let it fester and build up and build on that versus build on what we should be doing. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 4 and 5, on down in our text, Jesus replied to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, those with skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. Jesus sends John's disciples back to him saying, tell him what's going on. Tell him what I'm doing. I, basically, I am the Messiah. These things are real. These things are happening. The man you baptize in the river, I'm the, I'm the same, same one. Notice that Jesus isn't offended at all. And when we doubt and we question God, God's not offended. We need to look at these as teaching moments. And Jesus is, is, by all means, using this as a teaching moment for John. Jesus simply stated the fact. Uh, and, of course, his reply was all the evidence John needed. Not only was this statement a fact, this was a message Jesus knew that John would understand. It was a reference to a portion of Scripture back in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 35, verses 4 through 6, it says, Say to the cowardly, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming. He will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf, deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy, for water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. See, John would understand that Scripture. In essence, Jesus' reply to John was, Take a look at all the things I have done. You know, you can look at your life. If you're sitting here a born-again believer this morning, Jesus is in your heart. And if you are truthful with yourself, you can look back on your life 
And you can see the things Jesus has done in your life. If you accepted Christ yesterday or this morning, and you're saying, well, I just accepted Christ. What has He done in my life? Well, He's made you a, 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 a child of God. He's, he's made heaven your home this morning. Consider this. When doubts arose in John's heart, he did the right thing. He turned to Jesus for answers. He didn't go talking to the jailer of the jail. He didn't go talking to somebody, one of his best friends. He sent his disciples to talk directly to Jesus. Are you the one? And Jesus answered, John's moment of doubt was surely put to rest when he thought back to what he had witnessed. The same is true for us. Those things that we witness, when those seeds of doubt are planted in our minds, we have to look to the things that Jesus has already done in our lives. If we're new Christians, those things are coming. Those, 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 when we press through and we're faithful versus doubting, we see those victories in our lives. And we're able to hang on to those. And don't let those pass. Pastor's one for uh, journaling, you know. And if yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big writer, I'm not a big journaler. But if you're into writing things down, when you have a victory in Jesus, when those, when you overcome financial burden, when you overcome something in your life, when somebody in your life is healed, you need to write those things down. You need to hang on to that because those are victories that we can hold on to. Those are things that Jesus has brought us through, brought your friends and your family through. You know, I, I look at what he's brought Penny and I through, but I can surely, if he, if I got saved this morning and there was nothing I could hold on to, I could certainly look through this whole congregation and see, I could pick out ten people that I could hold on to their victories because of things that people have been brought through in this, in this church alone. We can look at the Bible. If you have nothing else to hold on to, go to God's Word. It tells you about Jesus. One, for those that doubt that He is the only way to heaven, in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. For those who doubt that He can solve your financial or career situation, in Philippians 4, 19, it says that My God will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. For those that doubt that He can provide you with the ability to carry out His call in your life. Philippians 4.13 says, I am able to do all things through Him who strengthens me. For those who doubt that He is present with you at all times. In John 14.18 it says, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. For those who are facing difficult times and question if God even cares. Romans 8.28 We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God those who are called according to His purpose. You know, Jesus is coming back. For those who doubt that fact, John 14.3 says, If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to Myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. The overwhelming majority of people who are born again will doubt their salvation from time to time. In that situation, look to your conversion. Remember the day that you went from death to life. 1 John 5.13 says, I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God 
so that you may know that you have eternal life. You know what? We've accepted Christ as our Savior, but we still have to live on this earth. We still have that sinful nature. Okay? We're going to go through our lives. We are going to mess up. We are going to, as Christians, we are going to trip and fall. But the question is, do we stay down on the ground and wallow in the dirt and the dust, or do we get up, brush ourselves off, and press on? Because as soon as you trip and fall, your sins have been forgiven. When you accept Christ as your Savior, your sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future. Well, when Christ died on the cross, all of our sins were future. So don't think Christ isn't going to forgive you for this or for that. Your sins are forgiven when you accept Christ as your Savior. We can't fall into that, that, that thought process, that doubt that, that, well, this sin is just too bad. God cannot forgive me for that. That is not the case. So for whatever doubt you may be facing here this morning, one answer. Look to Jesus. Well, okay, I'll look up, I'll pray. Okay, get in your Bible and read. Get in the church. Serve Christ. That's where you're going to find Him. You're going to find Him here in this congregation. You know, I once said, yeah, if you if you want, a lot of people want to hear that audible voice from God speaking to them about something. You want that audible voice from God? Read your Bible out loud. You'll get that audible voice. So far we have seen the common reality of doubt. We've seen the common re- uh, correct reaction to doubt. And finally, let's look at the counsel regarding doubt in God's Word. Matthew 11:6 6, and, and if anyone is offended because of me, excuse me, is not offended, you cannot leave those words out. If anyone is not offended because of me, he is blessed. Now Jesus didn't chastise John for his question, but he did give him some advice about his mindset. He said, and blessed is he... Whosoever shall not be offended in me. We may encounter a doubt thought, a doubtful thought from time to time, but we must react swiftly. Don't let that thing fester. Don't hold on to it. If there's a doubt of your salvation, get in God's Word. Seek out the answer to that. Make an appointment with Pastor John. Make an appointment with your, with your prayer partner. You, most everybody should be in a small group. Get with your small group, your small group leader, your husband or your wife. Okay, work those things out. Don't don't let them fester. A lot of times we, well, well, I'm a bad person if I doubt my salvation or if I doubt God exists or if I doubt God's word is infallible. You know, we we, we shame on me. No, don't hold on to those. Get rid of them. Press through them. Look to Jesus. He will. He'll show you an answer. Doubts like a cancer. It starts out small and it grows and it spreads and before you know it. You're in a bad place. And we need to we, we see doubt. We, we, we notice doubt creeping up in our life. We need to cut it out of there. One thing I've seen, you know, people that get, really get into doubt, they might have a doubt this week, and they're totally far away from Christ. They're dropping out of church the next week. As we mentioned earlier, when your mind's filled with doubt, chances are that you're not praying, studying, or doing what you need to be doing for God. 
You need to get in there. Get active. Get plugged in. I don't know, we're always, we're always shooting out plugs for that, that kind of stuff. Getting involved in church and so on. But it's not, it's not just because we need children's church teachers. It's not because we need people to work in a cafe. It's not because we need people to mow the lawn. It's not because we need this or that done in a church. Yes, we do need that stuff. But when you're involved in church, when you're involved in ministry, okay, you're right where you need to be. God's leading, guiding you where you need to be. It's, it's not just about the work that needs to be done. It's about that relationship and getting in there and getting involved. Because when, when I'm here working, no matter what I'm doing, if we're cleaning on, on a night through the week or, or a Thursday night choir practice or whatever else is going on, Usually you're never here by yourself. There's always one or more other people here with you. And that's a time you can come together and you can fellowship and you can draw that strength from each other. And it doesn't have... You know what? When we come together, it doesn't always have to be a biblical conversation. Just that strength of, of, of knowing that somebody's there to put their arm around you, give you a hug, whatever the case may be. Uh, say, yeah, I know, I know I've been there. Or any other response that they could give. You may be here and standing smack dab in the middle, middle of the shadow of doubt, as I was talking earlier. I get the band, band to come up. Your mind's filled with unanswered questions. You might feel alone this morning. There's one answer, and it's exactly what John the Baptist did. You need to turn to Jesus. Now, if you're sitting here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you need to turn to Jesus. The way to do that is accept Him as your Savior. Put your trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. That He died on the cross for your sins. That He rose from the dead three days later. That He ascended into heaven and He sits at the right hand of God this morning. That He's preparing a place for us. Remember? He goes to prepare a place and where He is, He's coming back and we'll be with Him. If you're sitting here and you've accepted Christ as your Savior and you have those doubts, you have those, you're going through these problems, seek Him out. First thing to do is start with prayer. Pray. Pray for deliverance from these problems. Pray for healing, whatever, whatever it may be. And if that doesn't satisfy that need in your heart, then look to your friend sitting next to you. Look to, look to the pastor. Look to the leaders. Look, we've got so many leaders in this church. If you, want, if you need to speak to somebody older, we have, we have somebody older. If you need to speak to somebody younger, we have somebody younger. There's somebody that can talk to you this morning. When, when, when uh, you came through the door, you should have got a bulletin. On that bulletin, it tears off, and there's a place you can put your information, and there's lines on there. If you have questions or, or you need to speak to a staff member, you need to speak to pastor, you can write that on there. Put, we got a receptacle right out here by the door. You drop it in there. Donetta goes through all of them and passes them on to pastor so that we get what we need so that you get what you need. But unless you make that first step, number one, in prayer, 
seeking out Jesus. Number two, seeking out the people that can help you. You're not going to get the help you need. So many times people say, well, the church never helped me. You never asked. Yeah, Jesus knows, Jesus knows our, our most inner thoughts. Jesus knows us from top to bottom. How many, the hair on our head. But he's less apt to act on, the, on, on your needs and your wants. If you don't ask, get down on your knees and pray. You can pray right from your seat, right where you're sitting right now. I'd ask that all heads are bowed, all eyes closed. And just think about what I'm saying about, about your prayer life and praying asking Jesus to help. And the number one thing that needs to be done this morning, whether you're a believe, whether you're a born-again believer or not, is you need to make sure your relationship with Christ is right this morning. And I'm going to start with those that may not have accepted Christ as their Savior. That's the first step. A lot of, a lot of non-believers pray. And think that God, the only prayer that, a non, that is going to be answered for a non believer is that prayer of salvation. You ask Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were uh, buried and rose again three days later. I believe you ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of God. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be some theological prayer. All it has to be is you sincerely inviting Christ into your heart. If you're sitting here a believer this morning, and you're suffering through doubt, you've got problems, you're going through trials, tribulations, whatever the, whatever the problem might be, you need to seek out Christ. That's your first stop. First stop on that is your knees. Pray and ask Him. come into your your life, come into your problems. And like I said earlier, sometimes He doesn't see us out of a problem, but He will always see us through a problem. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to turn it over to Tyler for our invitation song. You can do any business with Christ right there in your chair. You don't have, we have an altar up here. You can come kneel down and pray right here. And if you want, somebody will come and pray with you. But you know what? You can pray right there in your chair. Head bowed, eyes closed. And whatever you need, whatever business you have to do with Christ, you can do right there. Here's one thing I would say. Don't put it off. So many times, someone will say, well, no, I'm just not sure. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look through this a little bit more. I, I'm going to study this out a little bit more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what this Christian thing is all about. I would encourage you to see what this Christian thing is all about after you've accepted Christ. The way that things are going in the world, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this uh, with we're not guaranteed another second on this earth. Christ could come back in an instant. Once that's, a, once that's done, once, once Christ comes back, you've lost your chance. 
At the very least, you're going to have to die for your salvation. Do business now. Henry Nguyen wrote, said, so I'm praying while not knowing how to pray. I'm resting while feeling restless. I'm at peace while tempted. I'm safe while still anxious, surrounded by a cloud of light while still in darkness, in love while still doubting. You know, we can know Jesus. We can love Jesus. We can love each other. Those doubts are going to creep in. I'm not going to say that when you accept Christ or when you do business with Christ, all those doubts are going to disappear. But He's going to help you through them. He's going to help you deal with them. And as long as we're in this world, we'll always live in the tension between faith and doubt. But our love for God, our love for Jesus, will allow us to overcome those doubts. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time together, Lord. And I just want to pray for this congregation this morning. Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to their heart this morning, Lord. Reveal yourself to them, Lord. Show them the direction you want for their lives. Give them, give them faith, give them courage make that decision to say those words. Lord, if your children are here this morning, those that have accepted you as their Savior are going through problems in their lives, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. Lord, that you would comfort them, that you would, you would build them up, that you would give them strength. Lord, we thank you for being there for us. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for seeing us through our trials, our tribulations. Thank you for always bringing us back together, Lord. We pray for Victory Church. We pray for those that are sitting here this morning. We pray for their families, wherever that, whatever they're doing, Lord. We just lift them up to you. We pray for our own pastor. We pray for Debbie this morning, Lord. We lift them up. Lord, I know there's people in this church this morning that, that have been in a hospital over the past week and, and uh and going through trials and tribulations throughout their lives, Lord, I just lift them up to you. You know who they are. You know what the need is. We pray for them this morning, Lord. We lift them up to you. Whether it's for healing, uh, uh, just for confidence or strength, Lord, you know what's needed. We just pray that you would answer it according to your will. As always, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word, and I just pray that it touch somebody's heart somewhere. Again, we thank you. We ask that you go with us through this week. Be with us, speak to us, lead us, guide us. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. 
If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.